Sun Hit the Public Beta Podcast. It is Thursday, July 29th, 2021. Your host this week, myself, Lee Ann Reed. Hello. It is the 75th episode, and more importantly, it is the 20th anniversary of Pokemon Crystal. 20 years. It's my favorite Pokemon game, my first Pokemon game. Maybe the best Pokemon game. Yeah. It's po- it's entirely possible. It's true, actually. It's still yeah. Silver and Hard Gold. As far as this room is fucking concerned. Uh, I remember, uh, of course, when Pokemon Crystal came out, I was... I was very much into the we're not pre-ordering games like the I think it came out on a Sunday because Nintendo used to do that picked it up you know played through, through so much but I was thinking the other day that when I first picked up uh, Pokemon Silver which was one of the first games I remember pre-ordering from Walmart of all fucking places like they weren't going to have enough copies uh, I was also on a Sunday and I played it non-stop got four badges uh, made it past Eurotik, uh town or whatever and then I remember seeing my buddy on Monday Who's, who's my other Pokemon friend. And I'm like, dude, how far did you get? And he's like, oh, I didn't even pick it up yet. And I'm like, you fucking... The hype was like... I couldn't believe he would wait the one day. I couldn't, I couldn't fucking believe him. Uh, but yeah, Crystal... Wow. What a game. What a game. Yeah, got it, game. Got it for Christmas. Yeah. I got it for Christmas. Level 100 for Alligator. Yeah. Everything else was just like a Pidgey and a Rattata. And I think my first, uh, my first run through the game too, because I knew it back to front. Like I knew where all the Pokemon were. I knew all the moves. Because like, I'd read all those magazines before the game came out was just a, yeah, was get your starter and you get to the Pokemon League and you're just carrying your starter with you. <laughs> like, Strength on everything. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Slash. What do you know about it? Uh, so, Reed, what have you been playing? Oh, I've been playing Mass Effect, which we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Yeah. So I'll just go... Bump it. Yeah, bump it. Bump it. Um, been playing Fallout 4, of course. Yeah, which also, I don't know if there's anything that needs to be said about Fallout 4 ever again. We've kind of... No, it's I think the game... It's a plot every week. I don't know. Like, the game's fucking weird for sure. I for, Like, there's so many companions I never even touch, like, yeah. in the countless playthroughs. I've I like them because you can just put them in your in your settlements. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. That's neat in itself. But, um, no, in, literally, and <laughs> literally in previous playthroughs, I've never even discovered three quarters of the companions. Wow. Like, I did, like, Dan's, Piper, and, uh, uh, Hancock. That was it. Well, you get a uh, Nick, right? Oh, and Nick. But like, I never got like the Irish junkie girl. What from the combat zone? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. uh, usually end up killing her by accident. Oh, because you walk in there, you just everything with no. the head gets blown off. No. Uh, so yeah, I, like her and like the mutant and a bunch of other shit. She's the she's the one that the the internet degenerates like the most, isn't she? Isn't she like the no. the hottest of the companions? Honestly enough, there is not really that much degenerate shit about Fallout out there. There's that's much more that's much more Skyrim's thing. Sure, yeah, that's much more Skyrim's yeah. thing. But no, I've been just focusing, like, uh, the base building, like, once you get the mod to place anywhere, that's the key. Yes. Uh, it's a lot easier to build in the game because of that. I don't know how there, 76 So there's, like, right. a number of, like, tips and tricks, uh, dentists hate them, uh, that you can do in that game that my buddy always tells me about, because Fallout 76 has some of them as well. Like, how to make something suspended in a glass cabinet. It's like, put it next to the thing and put a welcome mat down, and then you can move the cabinet... Uh, through walls because of the welcome matter. There's so many fucking tricks like that. Yeah, and like the uh, place anywhere mod just yeah, you just don't even negates the need yeah, that. Yeah, you just do yeah. what you want. What so you in Fallout 76, there is no mods, so it was like back to the drawing board. How do yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. And you can't put mods on that game because it's online only. That's what, yeah, they don't want you fuck. cheating. Yeah. at Fallout 76. Cheating in the 76th building challenge. Steam times the cheaters. Yeah, degenerates. Uh, like this game's so fucking dumb. But it's so good in other ways. Like, 
Sure. As far as just going through the city, tons of places to explore. Huh. The combat is surprisingly fun, especially once you get a good explosive build going. The yeah. customization of weapons, etc. Yeah. But it's, it's fine. All it's the so fucking good. all the fucking lingering issues and the like not explaining anything is starting to get like is starting to remind me why I don't play this game that much. I feel with with how much time uh they have between Fallout games. So Fallout 76 is current. By the time they start working on another mainstream follow game, unless it's given to somebody else at Microsoft at this point, so it's like Obsidian, you are making the next follow game as a stopgap for Fallout 5. I think they should just consider a remake. Like remake Fallout 3 with the Fallout 4 engine and the settlement sure. mechanics. Sure. But yeah, what what more what more I mean is like Fallout 1 to New Vegas and sure. 3 to extent. If you went to like one of the main Brotherhood members and you'd be like, please explain to me the Brotherhood history, you would oops, I just yeah. Spill the water bottle. They're like, well, twenty years after the bombs dropped. Yeah, and they would. Ex- yeah, they would. Story. They would have several minutes even of dialogue explaining Caesar's Legion. You talk, yeah. what's the deal? And you'd give you several. You go to Elder Maxon or you go to Father Institute, and you're like, what's the history? It's like we are the Brotherhood. We we absorb technology so humans don't fuck themselves. You're like, great. No, explain to me. Like the history of the brotherhood and stuff. The like brotherhood. The brotherhood. <laughs> uh, so that's the stuff that's really gained to me, and then just in general, like the absurdity of some of the plot points and the forced uh, role play, of course. Uh, but I still absolutely fucking enjoy it, just because it plays so much better than New Vegas. It's fucking crazy. It's yeah. crazy. But well, especially on your PC was catching fire trying to play New Vegas. Yeah, no kidding. And this game relative has not even crashed for me. It's a Bethesda game that hasn't crashed for me yet. That's well, That's now you've cool. jinxed it. Yeah, wow. That's pretty wild. Anyway, uh, I've been playing well. Valhalla. I, oh yeah. I uh, promised that if that game went to half price, which of course it did because Ubisoft, uh, that Assassin's Creed Valhalla would become. Uh, would find a home on my Xbox, and so I downloaded. Did, the... did you get the gold or the platinum? No, or I don't. The deluxe the, I, or the... I'm, not, I'm not buying. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not buying 20 hour DLC for a 200 hour game until I get through that first 100 hours of content. Uh, fuck, fuck you, Ubisoft with that shit. Yeah, but no, I bought the the plain ass version. Uh, you play as Ivor, uh, who is simultaneously male and female. You can uh, swap like predestination. What was that? Like the movie Predestination. What the fuck movie is that? It's this uh, guy. You can go to the menu and become a girl. No, it's this movie this co-worker's to. I haven't even seen it. This guy goes back in time and he meets a girl. Sure. That is the version of himself. But she also, for some reason, has both organs, like of both sexes. And then he he impregnates himself. Oh. Yeah. Wait. What? It's a movie called. He goes back in time and meets a girl. No, he meets like himself as a girl, but that girl back in time. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Look. Well, this doesn't have any of that. This is all third-hand <laughs> account, right? This this game is uh uh you've played you've heard of Assassin's Creed before, right? Oh yeah. So this I like to think of this as the Mercenaries Two of Assassin's Creed games because like they reestablished, they completely revamped how the game is played. They made it at, like Destiny oh. in Origins. That's when they added the like shoulder button attacks and made it like dark. Oh, you no, loot no. I thought you. I thought you meant like the, like this was like the start of Ubisoft's big game. No, no, no. Change. that's the next one. That's Legends or whatever it's gonna be. That's the next. It's gonna be a service. That's game, right? that's when it's gonna be a completely yes. new that, thing. That one's gonna be like you're a samurai. I am a Viking. That no, I meant fire. I meant like the big Ubisoft discussion they had internal, where we're like all our games are the same. We need to do something different. Oh no, they're just gonna make them the same, but a different kind of game. They're just gonna. 
fully embrace that the, this game is basically Destiny. You're not going to play a role. You will just play... You will be a person in the Assassin's Creed. But I thought game. Legends was just like a battle shooter. No, I think that one's going to be like... The multiplayer Assassin's Creed, where uh, loot-based like Assassin's Destiny. Creed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be like Overwatch, but no, just no, this is off character. Yeah, it's like the same. It's like think of Division. That's so fucking stupid. Well, it is and it isn't because the game is already that. So this would just basically be like instead of being Ivor and having a plot where you are a super important, right? But but seemingly you could be Ghost Recon person. Ghost Recon Man. Yeah, please. with gun, yeah. Ghost Recon person was my yeah, father. Guns and rockets uh, and grenades. We mel I'm a fucking I'm a fucking well, Greek warrior. That so that's an interesting idea because Assassin's Creed hasn't ever gone there. They've never done even near history in the last hundred years where there's like it's, it's not Assassin's Assassin, is, is it called is it called Assassin's Creed Legend? I, I don't know what it's called. It's a, I, I'm assuming that's what it's called. But that's be called. But that. that's I looked that up. But. Yeah, but okay. I thought it was. What that is? Yet. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be Ubisoft's legend. No, 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 no. So you're going to see like you're going to see a Assassin's Creed. doing the Tom Clancy game, which is no. But then what's that one preview I saw that had like Far Cry characters on it and like you and Assassin's so that was like a mobile game or something. That was like a tactical mobile. Oh, RPG. Yeah. Okay. I know. I thought they were releasing like oh no, here's, no, no, our, <laughs> here's our battle royale Overwatch no, 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 Destiny no. game with all your favorite Ubisoft characters. Yeah, they are doing. You're, now that you mention it, yes, they are doing a number of crossovers slash clusterfucks of their IPs. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is the third game since they revamped it in Origins, which is when they added the loot system yeah. and the massive skill trees and all that. Yeah, so, I played a little bit of Odyssey, so yeah. I know what you're talking about. So if you played a little bit of any of those three games, you know what's going on. Okay. Except this game, more than the other ones even, is just like, you, fuck, you know what this is. And if you don't... You'll figure it out over the next hundred hours. Like yeah. it's not. It's it's nice in that they're not tutorializing, like overly tutorializing at the beginning. However, they do have the classic uh, Witcher three slash Dragon Age Inquisition starting area. So right now I'm in like my European geography for for this is bad, but Norway or Scandinavia. Yeah. Uh, what countries are drawn or exist in this point in time? I'm not too sure. Uh, but you are basically dealing with the politics of the. The Vikings themselves, and then the king of Norway shows up, and he's just a guy because it's like. What's his name? I don't know. He's oh. big. I uh, I like I know I, I know. A, I think in the in the bestiary or whatever or whatever you want to call it the glossary. Yeah, I know he's it's just king of Norway. Yeah, I know I know a decent amount of uh, uh, Norse history at the time. So. so that might be more interesting to you uh, this first part uh, because they they have games to play. They have like, you know, you do a drinking, a horn drinking contest yeah. and stuff like that. All these mini games they set you up with. And uh, the, the story is basically like, yeah, there's a, a rival band of Vikings. You're kind of pushing them back and out. And then eventually the conquest shifts to Great Britain. Oh, so it's going to uh, be the great heathen army. Hopefully. Yes. Uh, and then some of the DLC takes place in Paris as well. So it's basically Oh like, yeah, the raids on Paris. Uh, so that that's where we're set. Uh, so Ivor eventually is part of the raids on Great Britain and uh, king-making, basically throwing fucking English people out and being like, you will be king No, that, that's uh, literally what I was going to say to you before this. I'm like, if I'm going to make an Assassin's Creed Viking game, it's that, gonna, that's what it's going to be. It's going to yeah. start in Viking territory because they often clashed with, you know, other Viking houses. Then they attacked Britain eventually when uh, uh, King Aeol of Britain killed Ragnar. All his sons went back to Britain as a great heathen army. There was like yeah. a fuck ton of people. And then they also fucked with Paris discovered Mediterranean Sea. But so I haven't got to that point in the plot or whatever yet. Like, there, there is no justification for them wanting to leave other than where they live is fucking oh, old. Yeah, no, I I, no, I yeah. very much... Well, that was also the reason in real yeah. life was just, like, this place is shit for yeah. an army. You can't grow fuck all here. Um, 
but I expect, like, they're not even going to that much specifics. I expect, not yet. Yeah, I expect yeah. literally a dude to run into a tavern and be like, the, the Britons killed the settlement in Britain that we had people there. We're going there now. Like, make a, reve- make a revenge mission. Yeah, we're it. going there now. <laughs> that, that could be it, because, so there is a superior Sigurd, uh, is, is the superior to you. You, your dad... Uh, was like the leader of like your let's call them clan or tribe, yeah. And then they were basically making peace with this other tribe, and uh, the tribe is attacked. Uh, your father uh, sacrifices himself because the enemy says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll spare your people if if you let me cut off your head." And he's like, "Well, seems like a good de- deal to me." And of course, they cut off his head and then attack all your people anyway. Uh, so that's Ivor's backstory. Uh, and then Sigurd is the son of the other guy that of the clan. He's more established than you. He's you have your own raiding party, like you have a, a boat, like a Norse longboat yeah, yeah. uh, with the oars and everything. Yeah, um, that the, sounds pretty sweet. The actually. dialogue on the boat's actually kind of cool because like the Vikings are just like chatting with each other or talking about what's happening. Yeah, and it's uh, the Vikings don't seem very militarized. It seems like they follow your command, but there's a lot more in talking and and like deciding what is best. right because um, well back then, especially for the Vikings as opposed to the British, where you would actually go into the military. For yeah. Norse, it was just like, no, you're a farmer. Yeah. You just happen to come and fuck with like you're also big, and you fuck. fuck yeah, you also people. raid yeah. and fight every once in a while, but like military service is, ex- is expected rather than you know whatever. I like that the uh, the main city. Uh, that you're based out of in this part is like an in, it's like in this little thing of water. So it's like, oh, if if you were trying to defend this spot, you've got mountains to your back, and you've got this one narrow like if boats were coming so in, the boats are the more important, most important yeah. thing to them, of course. Uh, it's very interesting. So, uh, like I said, Ivor can be either male or female, and to my understanding, you can go in the menu and swap it. It's not important to the plot, but that also means that because there are romance uh, options in the game, that every you're simultaneously trying to fuck everybody is everybody bisexual. Uh, I, I according to this game. Everybody that's not back like uh, entirely inaccurate, I guess. It's just whatever. It's just like uh, anytime you see certain interactions, you're like, I think I think that was a female eye for interaction. But when they decided to just make it whatever, they just left. They just left it. Uh, and it, it's not a big deal. It's just something that does stand out in a game when they try to do that, like historical uh, accuracy. But you know, for like I like that choice. That's neat. Uh, it, it is a neater choice then, because I think in the previous games they actually changed some of the plot points based on on that. And then in in Origins, you could only be male, I believe. Oh, really? Uh, because you're playing a, a certain character. Anyways, uh, Sigurd comes back. And he's with some strange individuals, and you can tell by the fucking look at these guys that they're assassins. Um, and uh, they they want something to do with the Vikings. I don't know what that is yet. And you are gifted the hidden blade. And Ivor's, like, playing with it. And uh, the guy's like, here, you, you strap it there. And it comes up here. And he's like, and he puts it on his arm. And he shoots it, like, here. And he's just like, I don't want to have an accident like you did. And the camera just pans down to the guy missing the finger. That's, like, what the assassins do, right? Yeah. It was the, uh, it was very good. It was just like, like no, that's, that's fucking stupid. stupid. Why would I not so punch he, them at all? So he has this sweet-ass wrist blade that's, like, coming out of here now. And the assassinations are just so good. Um, Lee, you're making me want to play this game all the time. Listen, uh, it's an open-world Ubisoft game. There are eight billion things on the map uh but they are so there's like artifacts mysteries blah 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 you are not forced to do any of it and like i said the game very much uh is an rpg now you level up you get skill points the skill tree is absolutely fucking massive uh and that's anything from like you do more melee damage to oh you can control your arrows in midair now which is a cool thing they they added so you yeah. can, like the arrow can just be going like yeah right that's to, what i look for in skill trees and video right games to a guy's is, eye is 
yeah, that's what I look for in skill trees is not just like generic upgrades to damages or whatever, but yeah. actual game changing effect. Yeah. So I like, don't want the ability to get everything. I don't like that. I like having specialized. You play the game enough, you might. Yeah, but, uh, but I like yeah. having specialized. That's what I think is yeah. like the great strength of Borderlands, for example, is that there's highly specialized builds that you go into. What's cool too is like it's got sphere grid. Imagine you're uh, what's his name, Calamari? What the fuck's Calamari? <laughs> yeah, uh, you're in the middle of the skill tree, and you realize that there are little abilities off to the side, and there's some main routes to go down, but you can go anywhere you want at any time, and you just kind of prioritize. What's important to you? These the the loot, like I said, you're picking up axes, swords, shields. Uh, you can choose what's in your offhand. If you're using a two-handed weapon, it's obviously yeah. two-handed. You get abilities. Uh, it's relatively violent. Uh, a little bit mashy. Everybody's got health bars. Uh, like I said, this game became Destiny at a certain point, so all yeah. that's left is just to make it. No, that sounds more than what uh, I enjoyed when I played like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, you, you, you can equip tattoos and gear and color your gear and slot in. It's it's got all that. Yeah. Uh, so that's about as far as I've gotten in that game, and we'll we'll revisit it down the line uh watchdogs legion man i think i'm just gonna bounce off of because that fucking game is not engaging in the fucking slate yeah no assassin's uh, creed valhalla sounds like for cheap i would pick that up the thing with this yeah the thing with assassin's creed is just like does the setting interest you well then maybe try it out uh, yeah but you, it's not yeah. gonna have anything of substance or it's gonna have so it has so much uh like just just grabbing things from like someone read a book on vikings and was just like yeah we'll put that in the game yeah, yeah, yeah sure, but we'll don't expect anything uh, in regards to like compelling characters or or honestly <laughs> so when you're loading into the game you hear dialogue from the characters who are outside the animus uh, and th that's the least interesting thing to me because I haven't been following that story for three games. I actually just abandoned that at some so point. So I'm to understand that it's very optional in Valhalla, uh, and I hope that's the case. But it is weird if you're a player returning to the game to hear these two established characters talking, and it's like kind of random, and then you're just back in the game. Uh, it mentions the animus. It me it's That could be the, the canon explanation why your gender swell. It, it is. That's literally what they oh. had in it. Uh, you can load in as either, uh, either Ivor. So... Assassin's Creed Valhalla. All right, Skyward Sword HD. I've been watching my wife play that. That is not my favorite Zelda game. In fact, it might be my least favorite Zelda game. It's so weird, man. Uh, so it's the first chronological game in the Zelda series. Link and Zelda have got the hots for each other. Link is training to be like a flying knight. Zelda, turns out, uh, has, is fated. Uh, I believe she is the goddess Ilya. I believe that's... Sorry, spoilers for... Ah, uh, like the fucking uh, deep Zelda lore. <laughs> you, you become a knight and you're flying around with Zelda and a tornado like sweeps Zelda away and then she's basically kidnapped for the rest of the game and everybody's kind of like low-key about it just like, yeah, fuck. What are you I do? guess that's uh, not what you're going to do about it. What are you going to do? Uh, and then Link, of course, has a girl living in his sword... Uh, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, the The temples and the puzzles and stuff like that are all based around motion controls. So in this game, you actually like swipe the stick to attack because before you used to swipe your fucking Wiimote. Uh, so a little bit of a learning curve, uh, especially with bombs and stuff like that. Like when you pull out a bomb, you have to hold the stick up to get ready to throw it or put the stick down to then roll it. So it's a bit of like a, a, a fingers gymnastics uh, for people if, if they're Lots not... Lots of fingering happens. Lots of fingering in Zelda. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> uh, but the game looks good and it runs good on the Switch. And if it's something you've missed and you're jonesing for a Zelda game, I guess you could do worse. Yep. Wait, maybe you can't. Uh, Zelda, you could do worse. The original. Yeah, Spirit Tracks. Yeah, Spirit Tracks is is the thing that comes to mind when I say, oh, is Skyward Sword the worst Zelda game? Then you think of Spirit Tracks. <laughs> uh, 
Monster Hunter Stories 1, got through the tutorial sections of that. It uh, it opens up where you are just hatching eggs. You have a party of monsters. You can switch between them. They have different abilities. Does it sound familiar to you? Uh, but then the game is very open-ended. So you're doing subquests just like you would in a Monster Hunter game. And when you reach certain points in these subquests or whatever, the story moves forward. There's characters and stuff like that. But it is very simple RPG. But I'm having fun with it. It, it the, the way it looks is that certain way that 3ds games look when they're trying to get away with some shit that the console shouldn't be able to get away with uh you know what i'm talking about yeah dragon ball like, fusion they're kind of squinting at it you're like why does it look like someone smeared margarine all over this game and you're like well they're they're pulling it off uh yakuza 3 i wanted to quickly touch on the subquests in that game that i've been approaching i came to that we, we had a little talk about this the other day uh i won't get into many specifics but um people always can compared yakuza to grand theft auto and i'm like those two games are not fucking no, like yeah not anyway. at all. Not at all. uh and and i realized that the main thing that they are they're talking about when they say that is rockstar and gta it's holding a mirror up to society and it's writing shitty dick jokes about it yeah uh and they've made a, a living off of that and billions of dollars and for good years. for them and good yeah, for them and absolutely good for them yakuza does the same thing only uh it it takes the stance of showing that mirror but not necessarily always making a joke about it not even necessarily having anything to say about it, just just documenting it in these many hours of these games, uh, just for later. Like here's a thing that happens. Here's a thing that happens in Japanese culture. This is how Japanese culture views it. Kiryu is going to have something to say on it that's a little more worldly. It's a little more as a man who is worldly because right. he has done good and bad things and been here. And he's a, he's a stoic character, but he's he's always there to help out no matter what your problem is, whether you have a cat stuck in the tree or someone stalking. He's a you. very easy pilot to go into good deeds and bad deeds, which yes. are the essential basis of an RPG, which I would call yakuza in a in a sense. He he has a strong virtue to to help people. Period. Even though his his past and his profession is Violent. beating the shit out of people on the yeah. streets and stabbing them in the guts yeah. uh so i was talking about that one game with the the transsexual character and i only bring it up because it was cut from the north american release of that game on ps3 because they thought mm, the way it's presented here is is not keeping with what with even then it was like eh, it's iffy cut it and there's a number of things in that game that they took out including like the hostess club stuff yeah just because they don't want to have to explain it japanese it's, culture right because if you're playing yakuza and you're japanese Oh, there's a mission at a hostess bar is like doing anything in that game. Yeah. That's, it's it, just part of the game. Yeah. But here it'd be like, well, what? What is it? Hostess? Do, you, do they fuck you? What happened? You, you wouldn't understand. It's not like today uh, where everybody knows what yeah, it is. Yeah, anime and Japanese cultures become such a more popular thing. Now. It's filled in the gaps. And there's it's, literally it's made cafes yeah. in Winnipeg now. It, it's 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 a very strange thing to to understand that a rich man who's busy and doesn't have time to keep a girlfriend or for a number of reasons is undateable uh would go spend hundreds of dollars just to have a girl sit there and talk to him about nothing uh and then charge up a bill and then have to leave or the yeah, it cut off your yeah pants. it's a foreign uh, concept to us exactly uh is the point uh and then there's host host bars and hostess bars and they stand outside and they look attractive and they come up to you and talk to you and if you're like a fucking horrible shut-in and a hot japanese chick starts talking to you you'll probably follow her and pay a few hundred dollars just to sit with her for a bit and then realize you were duped uh <laughs> so in this one mission uh he meets a a massage therapist he had met further earlier in the game and she's coming on strong uh basically kiryu is met with a bunch of characters that he's met in previous games or have had subquests with before and uh, she brings up that she's in love with someone, but she uh, doesn't know how to tell them. And she's basically describing Kiryu. 
Uh, one of Kiryu's buddies is like in the bar and overhears this. She excuses herself to the washroom and the buddy comes up and he's like, you idiot. She's clearly talking about you. Like, like lead her on to, to reveal who she loves and what's her, what her problem is. Kiryu's like, yeah, you got it. Uh, this is rolling out like a regular Yakuza subquest at this point. No big deal. She comes back from the bathroom and she realizes uh, she, she reveals to Kiryu who's easy to talk to. Yeah. She sits there with his big head and, uh, She's like, well, the reason I, I'm scared to tell this person I love them is that I'm transsexual. And then I've, I've uh, from male to female, I've already had the, the operation and everything. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman, but I, 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 I need to tell somebody this if I'm going to date them. And Kiryu has a shocked uh, reaction at first because he thinks she's talking to him. Yeah. She thinks she's talking about him. So Kiryu is suddenly trying to make sense of, well, if she's interested in me, would I be, like, what are my thoughts on this? Uh, and she keeps talking and talking and he... She reveals that it's, it's it's really not him that she's talking about, but he his line about it, uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course, is basically like, hey, whenever somebody enters a relationship, everybody brings their own baggage, everybody has their own like mountains to climb. You've got a particularly, it's it's a very unique one and it's a tough one to climb, but all the same, if the relationship's worth having, it, like just put it on Front Street or whatever. Then she reveals that it's not Kiryu she's talking about, uh, and and goes on her way. The friend comes back up and basically. Then we have the other part of the conversation where Kiryu's like, oh yeah, she's, she's transsexual. And the guy's like, whoa, dodged a bullet there. And he's like shocked that it would even exist. And then the quest just kind of ends. And I'm like, that's interesting. So you took a character from that that's previously established in the game very, very lightly. Uh, Kiryu has kind of a profoundly love is love thing to say about it. But then you also have the guy who represents the Japanese culture at the, at the time. Yeah. And maybe some prevailing. And it now. wasn't overly like... Like, no, he's like, no, yeah, he starts throwing up like Ace Ventura or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like that. No, that's surprisingly tasteful for 2013, regardless of where you're at in the and world. So that's my comparison between Yakuza and GTA now, is that Yakuza can be tasteful about these things that it's trying to comment on in a subquest that most people can just skip over. But if you find her in the bar, that is a quest you can go through. And there's there's a number of, of things like that in Yakuza that something like GTA, while GTA is, is holding up that mirror and talking about pop culture and uh fucking politics all the things it wants to talk about like how look how ridiculous this is but we're making a joke and we're laughing at it yeah gta could never have a mission where you were just sitting at the bar with a character and it's just a conversation and that's the subquest right uh, uh and the, the games are made for different purposes too well they're, after that it's apples and oranges yeah and yeah. i would even go as far as to say the creator of yakuza when he was making that side quest or whoever it was the intention was to never be like oh i want to highlight transsexual people and mm -hmm. Than were accepted i think he was looking like i want to bring up like you know hard to reach issues about relationships and about love and like what's a topic that's not talked about i think it's also like super profound to just have your buff male yeah. protagonist have those kind of views oh like, it's it's yeah. absolutely refreshing and i think that's partially because yakuza is made with the romanticized yakuza image in yeah. mind of these very noble warriors who helped the weak and in, in their minds that the ideal yakuza would be understanding of everybody regardless of circumstance so in that it's sense very interesting yeah, yeah in that sense i'm not surprised like because the series got like i think the series has a ton of flamboyant characters mm -hmm. and it, it breaches that a lot doesn't like to talk about it in the way this this subquest kind of like puts it on front street it's neat uh anyways it's not uh, mocking anybody for being different it, like there are literally parts of the game where you fight diaper men like guys who are just in diapers and like maids or, or whatever and they're like yeah they're like buff tough yakuza guys 
and like inevitably you have to fight them. This happens in multiple games. Yeah, it's making fun it's of a... people with like weird yeah. fetishes, sure, but it's not gonna make fun of somebody for the sake of being mean. There's a, I think there's Mr. Libido who you run into, who's basically just a guy in his underwear, and he's just talking about how much he's like constantly jerking it, and like he's just like you can't stop this guy. He's a, he's sex on wheels, and like these characters are just there's no kink shaming involved. It's just like this is who this guy is. He's a crazy character in this game, and yeah, for better or worse, there we go. All right. Let's run down the news real quick. Let's touch upon where you are in Mass Effect and maybe not even make this a, a proper part of Mass Effect as we are going to, we'll announce it here, make the finale of Mass Effect a Saturday morning cast where we can give it the full talk it needs yeah. without a time limit. So uh, in, ter in terms of game news, I'm going to delete the first two things I have here because they are not related to games. That EA thing happened last week right after we recorded and Dead Space got announced as getting a remake. Dead Space is getting a remake? Is getting a remake? Yeah. Not a remaster, but a remake. A remake. Interesting. Yes. Uh, EA's Motive Studio will reimagine the sci-fi horror classic. That's a really good game. Dead Space 1? Yeah. Shit. Um, people talk about how scary it is. I argue any game where you have an arsenal like you do in Dead Space is, can be startling, but at the end of the day, you just you have so many tools to blow off limbs and stuff in that game. <laughs> uh, despite the short supply, the PlayStation 5 is Sony's fastest selling console ever. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Company says it cleared 10 million units sold in 249 days. PS4 sold 10 million I, uh, in two, 271. I definitely think a contributing factor to that is like the rise. Find them as soon as they can. Yeah, it's, it's the rise of social media and that fear of missing out that wasn't present. FOMO, bro. Yeah, it wasn't present with like the PS2 because... Like, the internet wasn't a thing, and you didn't know what games were coming out, and you know, like, oh, I'll just, I'll get it when I get it. Um, I didn't even feel like there was that much of a mad grab for, like, PS3s and 360s. Like, probably was sold out for a bit, but it, not. It does, even in the last, since the PS4 era, even seems like there is a, you know, PS5 has backed it up by having some exclusive games right out the gate, right? Yeah. Whereas the PS4 didn't. Um, but there is that, that, that FOMO, that, that, oh, I need to buy it now. Uh, even though it's going to be statistically the worst version of the PS5 to buy, and I, yeah. I just need to have it. Well, because like uh, because PlayStation's like you can play all your other PlayStation games, but this is an SSD. That helps. Yeah, it's faster. Yeah, yeah it's better. Faster. Uh, have you downloaded Pokemon Unite? Because it sounds like we the should. The fuck is that? That's the MOBA. No. So this game came out last week, and it's all anybody is talking about. It is apparently very, very good. Uh, so your character is a trainer, and then you have your Pokemon that you level up. It gets different abilities. It's a MOBA read, meaning that some characters are viable right out the gate. Other characters need to be leveled up in a support structure before they become viable. Some characters, characters are early game, some characters are late game. Big right. Uh, so the, the benefits of this game is they basically made it into a sport. Uh, they've really simplified the actual gameplay of it. And it's only 5 to 10 minute matches, which is fucking excellent. Because the main thing with MOBAs is... You, you could be in there for an hour. And, like, people are going to be calling you a shithead for 45 minutes because you don't know what to do. And it's 45 minutes versus... 10 minutes where you can maybe learn the flow of the game faster and don't have to read a Google Doc to learn how MOBAs work. This game still has some of that. Uh, it, it still has the strategy and stuff like that where you, if you're talking with somebody else, if you can really get a good team makeup together, you're going to do better than a bunch of randos. But, like, the, the benefit of this is that anybody can pick it up and play it, get the basic gist of the game, figure out if you want to go from there. But apparently it is very, very good. Uh, they've already now uh, basically released their first... DLC character in Gardevoir. Everybody's favorite. Psychic Pokemon. type. Psychic fairy type. Yeah. Speaking of degenerates. 
don't Google them and search Gardevoir. Uh, Activision <laughs> Blizzard employees uh, walk out in support of harassment lawsuit. Basically, five days past Activision released two very tone-deaf statements, and then Blizzard basically was like, hey, we've got 3,000 names. We're just not going to work on Wednesday. Activision's like, cool, we'll pay you, even if you don't show up. And then Bobby Kotick uh, emerged from his Emerald Palace, and he made a statement to say, like, those previous statements suck, and here's a number of things we're going to do. Uh, too long didn't read on this, basically. Uh, they've been investigated for the last two years. The state of California is investigating Activision Blizzard. They don't like what they're getting back. They don't like how that company is uh, arbitrating all this stuff. And they're just like, no, we're taking you to court. We're going to put all this on front. We're going to make all this public that we found. And you're in fucking trouble here for, for how you've been conducting your business. Yeah. Um, and basically the, the two first statements that were tone deaf were them basically saying like, this is not the work culture. And then you have 3000 people saying like, no, 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 this is very much the work culture and has been for a very long time. And this is a long time coming. The storm's coming. Those guys have been fired though, right? So a number of them were let go or fired. And when they were let go, it was just like, no, no, they're just leaving the company. They've, they've made that decision. We're now learning that in the case of some individuals uh, that they were let go for misconduct and it was just basically covered up. That, like, that person's no longer with the company. Were they fired because of all these misconduct allegations? We're not saying. But I mean the guys that sent the email uh, blasters. Oh, no. Those guys are still very much with the... the yes. Uh, one of them is, uh, I believe, from, like, the Bush administration or something. She's, like, clearly just there to deal with th this... Uh, no, I meant like the dude that's like kissing, kissing. He's he's been gone for a few years. Yes, that's the guy who was, uh, yeah, who was let go because of misconduct, and they just basically kind of swept it under the rug because they knew this was coming, Reed. So they could say, "Don't worry about it." That guy's already gone. Um, we were talking about this uh, yesterday. That so the idea was okay. So we'll boycott Activision for the day, and uh, we won't play Activision games. And uh, they'll, they'll do this walkout and you can support all these links and it'll be all good. And then, of course, you look at the player count on something like Warzone. There's 300,000 people, which you astutely pointed out that there's 300,000 people playing Warzone that don't know this is happening. And you're like, absolutely right. 90% yeah. of the Warzone fan base is 12-year-old kids and Madden bros. It's the Don't look up this shit. It's the casual WWE fan that doesn't know that they're taking, like, Saudi Arabian blood money. Yeah. And that, like, all this shit is happening behind the scenes and, like, yeah. how they treat their staff and whatnot. Uh, it's very much that. These 300,000 people that are playing these games during the, the boycott don't know this. And Activision is fine with them not knowing this. And they don't know that they're being these 300,000 people are being called assholes because they have no reason to be called assholes. Ignorance is bliss. Like, who's calling them assholes? Well, you would be like, well, there's this huge boycott for Activision games. So if you fire up an Activision game... Wait, anybody who's calling them assholes... Everybody's yeah. calling them assholes just doesn't understand real life and needs to go try and fucking touch trash. And real life. No, like, seriously. My point to that was just, like, if Activision wanted to truly support a walkout, rather than just paying their employees, they could shut off the servers. But then you are needlessly telling hundreds of thousands more people what's going on that they are blissfully unaware of. That's not the way to do it either. Like, if you spent $100 on something, like... And you didn't know about any of this shit before spending that hundred dollars. Like I understand the thing. What I'm talking about is insane. That you would, yeah, you would reasonably uh, during a lawsuit be like, you can't admit anything. You can't just go put a thing up. So like Ubisoft is doing the same thing. Instead of putting a a explanation or an apology or something, hey, we're gonna do better in their videos and their streams. They played it separately beforehand. So it's like all the losers that have shown up thirty minutes in advance already know this stuff. So we're apologizing to them. The people who are showing up for the stream are watching it later on like GameTrailers.com because it's 2005. Uh, they won't need to see that stuff and they don't need to know about it. And maybe that's kind of part of the problem. I don't know. Anyways, 
that's going to be a very messy road uh, for those guys. More Animal Crossing content's coming in 21. New Pokemon Snap, also getting a free update. 20 new Pokemon, three new courses. One of them you shrink down, you can hear Wurmple's breathing. It's fucking crazy, bro. That's very cool news, because they could have charged for that shit. And uh, recheck your email, because Halo Infinite multiplayer preview starts this weekend. Oh, hell. I know you signed up. I know you got your oh, mouth doing your Doritos. <laughs> Reed, uh, since last week we were talking about you failing uh, to save the guest. <laughs> so we're just going to set... say that last week. I think that was last week. I don't think it was. Because uh, of the Paragon thing? Well, let's let's touch on it here. Where are you now? And then we are going to just launch. This won't even be an official part of the Mass Effect yeah, thing. Yeah. We're going to launch into a full Mass Effect podcast next Saturday. So finish the story mission with Tachanka and the Genophage, Rex, all that shit. Talk to the Reaper. Then they're yeah. like, okay, go solve this shit with the Corians and the Geth. Uh, like, it, no problem. Basically did. I did all the right. I figured it out online too. I did all the right decisions from previous games because I still had the options. They were just grayed out. And as it turns sure. out, I did not have enough Paragon points to to quell the, the fight between the Corians and the Geth, therefore I had to, and then I looked it up, and if you didn't save the, if you save the Geth, not the Corians, Tali would fucking jump off a cliff and fucking kill herself. Yeah. Uh, all the other space races, yeah, all the other space races would be pretty fucking pissed and be like, dude, like, we were pretty chill with the Corians. Yeah, and you the, saved the rampant AI. And, and the Geth <laughs> literally attacked the Citadel, like, three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I guess I gotta kill the Geth, that's the first big time in Mass Effect that I fucked up. Is that the biggest, we'll call it a skill check, is that the biggest failure of a skill check you've ever done? That's the only failure of a skill check I've in, in done. Any game. In I'm any game. Like, in a Fallout game where you're like, oh, I'm short one. The only other time I ever failed, like, having enough, like, whatever points was a, was a fight between Miranda and Jack, and all I had to do was do a mission to fix their relationship. It's sure. too late for the Geth. I swore I would not reload my save, and I haven't. I fucking moved <laughs> on from that. Enough. I have done the Omega DLC. I have no love whatsoever for Arya. I think she's like a fucking whatever character. Like so, that DLC as a whole is just like I don't give a fuck. I'm mainly doing this for the war asset because as someone at work informed me, to get the best ending, you need at least eight thousand war assets. I have a really interesting question that we will revisit uh, two Saturdays from now. We'll but uh, what is the what is considered the best ending of Mass Effect? Is very confusing to me. But anyway. <laughs> And to the Omega DLC, because I need the war asset. Sure. But I had absolutely no love for Arya, nor that storyline. I was just like, like, I don't give a fuck. Um, it was cool to see a female Tyrion. That was neat. Sure. Um, but now I'm... Just got a bow on? Or yeah. Like, what was it? Now moving on to bigger and better things. I'm basically cleaning up a bunch of side missions before I go back to the Citadel. Yes. And then after that, there's only four story missions. Yes. Two of them are like no turning back points. So mm -hmm. it's basically like one big story mission, in my opinion. You end up... Uh, you end up... In a place where... It's yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to do basically the two story missions, then the Citadel DLC. Sure. Which is, by all accounts, about four hours if you interact with everybody and check all the fan service, which I absolutely am. That's the whole point of the fucking DLC, is that it's four hours of hanging out with your buddies sure. and having cool conversations. Then I'll be finishing Mass Effect 3. I'm like, even This game can have a big piece of shit ending, and I already think it's way better than Mass Effect 2. Uh, looking back at Mass Effect 2, I think that game is also wholly useless. They were just like, oh yeah, uh, Cerberus is making, like, these abomination things. And, like, but with Reaper Tech, I'm like, where the fuck did they get that? And like, oh, well, the old the collector base. I'm like, I blew that shit up. It's... So what you're telling me is if I didn't, if I blew it up or I did it, it wouldn't matter 
Because these fucking enemies in this game would still be here and Cerberus would still have Reaper Tech. The, the way I see Mass Effect 2, and we have to wrap up here, is uh, they were trying to slow burn the reveal of the Reapers and what they're uh, capable of and how to explain the ending of where they're going. But then they, after they finish Mass Effect 2, they're in Mass Effect 3 where they intend to wrap it up. It's like, shit, okay, we need to just... We need to advance all those things. The subtlety is kind of out the window. And by the time you get to the ending, that's basically when the subtlety completely dies where you are... You'll see. Uh, you're told how it is. Anyway, please, please, at Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. Lee at TessieIceberg.com is my email address. Send us questions, topics, things you want to hear maybe here on the show. If it's cool, you might include it. For myself, Lee and Reed, thank you as always for signing up. Look for our next public beta podcast. Not this Saturday, but the Saturday after that. August, was it, 7th, I think? Yeah. That'll be uh, the finale. And then also next week, the Metal Gear Solid complete episode will be. I think enough time has passed. People want to hear us talk about Middle Year again. So that'll be up as well. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.